Well, open your Bible to 1st, 2nd Samuel chapter 12, 2nd Samuel chapter 12. Maverick's my dog, he's three years old, he's a boxer, and he and I go for walks up in the mountain. And when we go up into the mountain, we go outside, I go outside and he is out there, and so we cut back through the cow pasture, and there's three different pastures that we walk through, and there's all kinds of Angus cattle back there, and he causes me stress when he wants to play tag with him. And we walk back up into the mountain, and we live at the base of the Cumberland Mountain Range. And one of your men just showed me a picture above my house, which is quite scary. But anyway, uh, we'll go up into the mountain, and usually I'll either go up into a hill and cut back, or I go out to an old cemetery back there, back in the mountain, and you're completely in the woods. And so I'm back in the woods one day and walking back out, and I get nearly to the, to the gate where you're going back out into the pasture, and you're half mile still from the house when you're back in the pasture. And all of a sudden, I see Maverick come running at me. I mean, he is running for all he's got. His tongue looks like it's a foot long, hanging out his face, and he is getting it. And I look behind him, and I instantly thought, that's the biggest German shepherd I've ever seen in my life chasing my dog. And then it hit me in an instant. That's not a German shepherd. That's a coyote. And it's the biggest coyote I've ever seen. He was after Maverick. And Maverick was running to me. And I said, head on! And Maverick was just getting it. And he heard the voice of his master. And he got courage. And when the coyote saw the master, Coyote spun on his heels and get the other direction and Maverick chased him off. You see guys, the devil is going to hound you and the devil is going to pursue you. The devil is going to chase you but you better learn to hear the voice of the master. Because when you can recognize the voice of the master, he will give you a holy boldness like Elijah to stand against the prophets of Baal. When you learn to recognize the voice of the master, he will give you strength to stand. But you better know the voice of the master. And if you're here tonight and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, when he starts to squeeze your heart, he starts to disturb your soul, you're going to realize what that voice is. And he's pleading for you to come to the altar and meet him and be saved. And maybe you are saved. If God starts gripping your heart in such a fashion, you need to do business with a master because there's something going on inside your life. Because the devil has one desire. Do you know what that is? He wants to kill he wants to steal, and he wants to destroy. He wants to kill your testimony so that you have no impact in your neighborhood, no impact in your family, no impact at your workplace, no impact at your school. He wants to steal your joy so you're going from thing to thing to thing that this world offers. That's what entertainment is. Entertainment in America is our substitute for the joy of God that is your birthright as a child of God. He wants to steal your joy. He wants to kill your testimony. He wants to destroy your life. That's all he wants to do. Why? Because because he hates God. He hates the Lord Jesus Christ. And if you're a blood-bought, washed-in-the-blood child of God, he hates you also. And never get that wrong. He desires to kill, to steal, to destroy. You can't play with the devil. You've got to know the voice of the master. Now look what it says in Samuel chapter 12, 2 Samuel, beginning with verse 1. 
And the Lord sent Nathan unto David, and he came unto him and said unto him, There were two men in one city, the one rich and the other poor. The rich man had exceeding many flocks and herds, but the poor man had nothing save one little ewe lamb, which he had bought and nourished up. And it grew up together with him, with his children. It did eat of his own meat and drank of his own cup and lay in his bosom and was unto him as a daughter. And there came a traveler unto the rich man, and he spared to take his own, of his own flock and his own herd to dress the wayfaring man that was coming to him. But the poor man's lamb and dressed it for the man that was come to him. And David's anger was greatly kindled against the man. And he said to Nathan, As the Lord liveth and the Lord hath done this thing, the man that hath done this thing shall surely die. And he shall restore the lamb fourfold because he did this thing and because he had no pity. And Nathan said unto David, Thou art the man. You ever found yourself hearing the voice of God and he's saying, You're the one. See, David has committed a terrible sin here. You know that. You know how the story goes. David, he, he took another man's wife and he had an adulterous relationship with a lady named Bathsheba. And then beyond that, he took Bathsheba's husband, Uriah, and he placed him at the forefront of the battlefield where he would surely die. And David directly caused the death of this one committed follower, Uriah. And David was guilty of sin. And David was trying to cover his own sin. You ever tried to cover your sin? You learned yet that it doesn't work? Now some of y'all as old as me, and you remember back when you was a boy and you did something you shouldn't have done. And after about three days you think, I got by with that one. Mom and dad didn't find out. We got by with nothing. You know that, don't you? And we don't get by with nothing in the eyes of God. He is all-knowing. He is all-seeing. He recognizes what has transpired. You cannot cover your own sin. The only thing that can cover your sin is the same thing that will wash your sin away, and that's the blood of Jesus Christ. And so David, though, he's been going through this process. It's been six months, nine months or so, and he thinks he's sinned and he's got by with it. And then all of a sudden, Nathan shows up at his you ever had a Nathan show up at your door? You ever had someone come into your life and knocks on your door and says, I need to talk to you. It's not very fun. And yet you have to listen to what they have to say. And what you find here is you find that many times we want to preach this message saying, Thou art the man. And there's nothing wrong with that because this Bible is filled with, with warnings about sin because what happened to David was his sin deceived him. His sin deluded him as a man of God. His sin was destroying his life. And what happens is sin brings forth death. And death is what the devil is trying to do. He's trying to take us out of the game. He's trying to take us out of life. He wants to destroy us. Death Death will kill your marriage. Death and sin. It will destroy relationships. Death and sin. It will take away your ministry. So what you have here in 1 Samuel, 2 Samuel 12 is an uncommon parable in the Old Testament. Now you've got four characters in this parable. The first character you find is the rich man. He's David. We recognize him very clearly. The second man, uh, character in the parable is, is Uriah, and he's the poor man. And the third character is Bathsheba. She's represented by the lamb. And then you've got the fourth character, and that's the traveler or the wayfaring man. Have you ever thought about who is the traveler? Who is the wayfaring man? 
Well, I believe there's two understandings of who the traveler is, of who the wayfaring man is, and, and I think both of them are correct. Some want to say the wayfaring man or the traveler, that's our old man. That's our old nature that rises up its ugly head. Because, you see, when Jesus Christ saved me, he saved me, he secured me, he sealed me, but the old man still raises up his head on occasion in my life. How about you? And some people want to say that the wayfaring man or the traveler, he's the devil. So I believe both of these are right because, you see, we have enemies as Christians and our enemies are the world system. Our enemies are our flesh that always goes contrary to what Christ says and our enemy is the devil. Why? Because the devil seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. But you need to understand in this parable, none of this would have taken place if David hadn't tried to satisfy the wayfaring Has a traveler been by your house lately? Has a traveler whispered something into your ear lately that's caused you to go, hmm, now I just really wonder what, what God is saying here, if God's saying something. You see, see, if you look at this parable, you see two men, they are bound by one city. One man is rich and one man is poor. And the rich man, he had had his availability, anything that he wanted. He, he could buy things, he could sell things, he could go places, he could do anything he wanted. And with his wealth came a distorted view of what the purpose of life is. Do you find that still true today? The more we have, the more we get distorted in what we really think life is about. Because life is not about living the American dream. Life is not about getting all the gusto you can before you die. Life is about, as a child of God, serving the living Savior, living to the glory of God, preparing ourselves now to live for eternity. That's what life is about. And the rich man, he took and he abused the authority he had and then you had the poor man. He was not like the rich man. The poor man, there were things he could not buy. There were things he could not afford. There were places he could not go. Why? Because he was a poor man and he had limitations on his life. And all he had was a little ewe lamb. And he loved this lamb with everything that he had, with every ounce of his being. And this is not a message that it's wrong to be rich and better to be poor. Because I know poor people that can be just as contrary as this rich man was. How about you? You say, well, preacher, I've never stolen anything. Listen to me. If you're not walking with Jesus Christ, you're stealing away the opportunity to serve the living Lord. You're stealing away the availability of the hour that God has given you. And you're breathing an oxygen that you did not give for. But hear me. You need to realize you have a purpose greater than life and making a living. And your purpose is the kingdom come. His will be done. You see, here's what happens. We're living life and along comes the traveler. And the traveler, he, he, he comes along our way and he starts to whisper in our ear. Now look at the text. The rich man did not take that ewe lamb for himself. He took it because he wanted to satisfy the traveler. The rich man, he did not go and get that lamb and slaughter it and dress it and prepare it. He did it for the traveler. The rich man, he did not take it because he had an appetite for lamb. He took it because he wanted to satisfy the traveler. Everything the rich man did, he did for someone else. Everything the rich man did, he did because the traveler came by. He wasn't trying to satisfy satisfy himself. He wasn't trying to feed himself. He was doing it because the traveler initiated in his life to take the poor man's lamb. You ever dealt with a traveler? Because the traveler, he still passes our way. And he still tries to seduce us away from the things of God and the very person of God. 
And so what this word is, it's a warning to you and I that we've got to be consciously aware there is a traveler who is trying to take us to kill, to steal, and to destroy. Look what it says in the book of Job, chapter 1, verse 6 and verse 7. It says, There was a day, and Satan came from going to and fro on the earth, walking back and forth. What's the devil doing in Job, chapter 1, when he stands in the presence of God? And, oh, I don't understand that, but he does. And God says, Where are you going, Satan? Where are you been saying he said i've been traveling to and four back and forth on the face of the earth we still have a traveler the traveler he's seeking who he can kill who he can steal who he can destroy and the devil always makes his rounds do you realize the devil knows your name he knows the last four digits of your social security number he knows your address he knows your cell phone number he knows your computer access do you realize that the devil knows everything about your life and he is looking at your life for that weak point where he wants to come in and he wants to destroy he wants to come in and he wants to kill he wants to come in and he wants to take you out the book of Ezekiel chapter 13 verse Verse 10 and 11, it says they built with untempered mortar. The foundation was right, and your foundation might be on Christ Jesus, but what happens after you're saved? What are you building with? What are you putting into your life? What are you preparing for? Because the traveler's looking at you. And the traveler's saying, I'm going to find a spot, and I'm going to come into your life, and I'm going to undo you. Because the traveler says, you got this, Mike. That was a good idea. Man, you're smart. And the traveler makes you think you have really good ideas. Do you understand a good idea is not always the will of God? You understand a good plan is not always the plan of God. But the traveler comes along and he starts whispering in our ears that that, that you can satisfy yourself and you can have it all. You can live the American dream and you've got this plan and you've put it into action and you've got it all together and all of a sudden you go out and you engage in premarital sex or extramarital sex and you get an STD and you get an unexpected pregnancy and all of a sudden the traveler's satisfied but you're ashamed. You start fooling with drugs and alcohol. The next thing you know, you're, you're, you're hooked and you got to have it and you want more and you want more. And the traveler's satisfied, but, but you find yourself shamed. Oh, you think, I'm just too cool. i got it all together. I can cheat on my spouse. I, I, can, I can go out here and I can steal and I can deceive and I can lie. And, and I've just got it all. I'm just too cool. And all of a sudden you get caught and it all of a sudden crashes in. You've satisfied the traveler and he's left you in your mess. Why? Because that's what the traveler does. He punches the clock early. And he looks out at your name. And he says, today, Billy Joe's going to get a visit from the wayfaring man. Today, I'm going by Billy Joe's house, and I'm going to see what's going on. And he gives you this false sense of security in your life. And he lets you run with it until you've got enough rope to hang it. You know anything about the traveler? The traveler showed up one day in the Garden of Eden. He slithered his way in there to Eve, and he came before Eve, and he said, Did God really say? 
Do you understand the traveler always has the same plan? He wants you to question the authority of the Word of God. He wants you to question the authenticity of what Scripture says. He wants you to question and to doubt, thus saith the Lord. And so he comes into your life and he starts making you question. He starts making you think, well, I think there's a better way. I don't understand everything that's being said, but, 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 but this can't be right. It's such an old book. It should not matter. And so the devil, the traveler, he comes in and he starts to get you to doubt the authority word of God because that's what he does you ever doubted what the word of God said well most of us in the quiet moments of life if we're honest we'd say yeah I've had some struggles in some places and we work through and we process through but hear me guys the traveler always wants you to doubt what God's word says and after Adam and Eve sinned They once knew acceptance, now they knew rejection. They once knew innocence, now they knew guilt and shame. They once knew the authority to rule, to have dominion over the earth. But now they just had helplessness and what a feeling of hopelessness. Why? Because they doubted the Word of God. Do you know how you start doubting the Word of God? When you stop reading the Word of God. When you stop letting the Word of God be the decisive factor in your life and how you make decisions the traveler comes to sow doubt to his word the traveler came to King Saul remember that occasion where God raised up Saul and made him king of all of Israel he anointed him and and all of a sudden Saul he's on the throne and the traveler comes by and whispers in his ear he said listen to what they're saying about David listen listen they're saying David he's slain his ten thousand but Saul you've only slain a thousand and all of a sudden this man that Saul had trusted this man that Saul had loved Saul is filled with jealousy Saul is filled with resentment Saul is filled with rage he's filled with insecurity Why? Because he believed a lie and Satan came and gave deception to Saul. That's what he still does. The traveler comes in your life and he sows seeds of doubt. The traveler comes in your life and he sows seeds of deception. How do you know when the traveler's whispering lies to you? When it's contrary to the word of God? How do you know when the traveler's trying to deceive you? When it causes you to have rage and it causes you to look suspiciously at one who is loyal. It's like the lady I heard about. She, she started watching a, a, another man and his wife, and, and she started comparing her husband. And ladies, I know you all never do anything like that. And, and she started saying, well, my husband doesn't open the door for me like her husband opens the door for her. My husband doesn't bring me coffee early in the morning like she says her husband brings her coffee in the morning. My husband doesn't pamper me in, in the morning. This was a good, God-fearing man, a hard-working man who loved God with all his heart. And because she started listening to the wrong voice, all of a sudden her marriage started having issues. That's how life is, guys. You start comparing yourself to somebody else, and all of a sudden you got issues. Sometimes we do it with the preacher, don't we? Oh, that pastor should have done this. Bless his heart. Man, don't ever take your eyes off of the cross or living for Jesus. I will disappoint you at some point, and you will disappoint me at some point. Kind of balances us out, doesn't it? But the traveler comes along and says, 
look what they're saying. You better take control of this. And Saul began from that day forward trying to pursue, trying to kill David. The traveler came to the prodigal son. Do you remember that story over in Luke chapter 15? The prodigal son, he said, I want everything you got, Dad, that's going to be mine. Give it to me now because I'm tired of your rules. I'm tired of listening to your voice. I'm tired of doing what you want me to do. I'm tired. I, I, I want it all. And, and he did give it to him. And he went out and he wasted his living and riotous living. He wasted his goods and riotous living. And the traveler came. And, and, and all of a sudden, he, he said, you deserve more. And he stirred in him this discontent. Have, have you ever had the, that, that concept that I deserve better than what I've got? I deserve hell. How about you? I don't want justice. I want mercy. I want the mercy of Almighty God. And I don't want what I deserve because I don't deserve glory. I don't deserve life everlasting. I don't deserve the Holy Ghost filling my life. I don't deserve the leadership of God. I don't deserve any of that. But praise God for His mercy. That's what He gives to me. That's what He extends to me. But the traveler comes and tries to get me discontent with where I am. How does he do it? Well, you get on Facebook and you look at everybody else. You say, man, their family's really got it together. Look at all the vacations they've got. Look where they go. Oh, they must really love it. They don't tell you that they're in debt above their eyebrows. They don't tell you that they're just hanging out. They don't tell you that they're just lying to get it off their chest. And I ain't got Facebook, so I don't know. You won't find me there. But listen to me. He deceived. Char said the other day, she said, listen to this. And it was two people we know. And it's all a lie. But nobody else knows it. But as I said, I know their mess and you know their mess. But you'd think this is the... See, that's how you just got to start believing all this stuff you see. You believe everything you see on the internet. Let me tell you what now. They sell this rug. You put it at the door of your house. And when your dogs walk across it, they won't track into your house. We got one. How's that working for us, babe? <laughs> it's medicine oil. It's snake oil. It don't work. But man, it looks like it's going to work. We wish it would work. Mav would be wonderful if the rug took off the paw prints. It don't happen, does it? But we believe, why? Because we want to. You, you ever start realizing what, what people say? And especially if it's about a preacher. We just go, what did you, do? What did you hear about that old boy? And they believe a lie. Discord, deception, discontentment. Do you have time for God? Because if you don't have time for God, that means you are Godless. It don't mean you've got to be honky-talking all the time and doing out and doing that stuff, but you just don't make time for God. You are Godless. The traveler, he whispers discontentment in your ear. You deserve better. It's like that old boy who, who said, I'm tired of mom and dad telling me what to do. I'm just going to join the Marines. I don't know how that worked out for him. Well, let's join the military. Nobody's going to tell me what to do anymore. That's a good one. The traveler, he comes by and he, he came by the rich young ruler. Remember him? 
He came to Jesus and he said, Jesus is going to be so impressed with me. He, he, he's going he's to want me. He, he's going to receive me. Man, I got it all together. And he came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, I've kept all the commandments since I was a kid. You think he had blinders on? Yeah. But see, see, he thought he could cut a deal with Jesus. But see, and where did he get that idea? The traveler lied to him. The traveler told him this, that, that oh, you're so good and God is just going to want to have you and it doesn't matter. You can come to him still hanging on to your sin. You can't. You can't come to Jesus hanging on to your sin, guys. You can't come to Jesus still living with you. Whoever, boyfriend, girlfriend. You get saved, you get right. You can't come to Jesus hanging on to sin. He doesn't cut deals. He didn't do it with the rich young ruler. He doesn't do it with anyone. He gave the demands of discipleship and the rich young ruler went away sorrowful. Why? Because he had many possessions that he would not bear away. So the traveler comes. You see how he comes? He comes to get you to doubt the Word of God. He comes to get you to be discontented. He comes to get you to make deals. He came to the Samaritan woman, remember her? She was sitting there minding her own business and Jesus sat down there by the well and he looked at this woman and the woman says, what have you got with any dealings of me? Why are you even talking to me? Samaritans and Jews don't even talk. And Jesus said, I bet you're thirsty. Well, I'm at the well, of course I'm thirsty. He said, well, I've got living water, and you drink of this water, you'll never be set. He got her attention. And, and, and finally, finally, she said, after she tries to get theological with him, she finally says, why don't you give me of this water? Now, here's where we make a mistake many times. We would say, yes, sir, lady, here's the water of life. But Jesus said, no, why? Because she hadn't dealt with her sin. And he said, you've got five husbands. And the man you're living with now is not your husband. when she dealt with her sin. See, she thought she could believe anything she wanted to believe. And I find that a lot. When people say, well, I believe this. Well, what's the basis of what you believe? Well, that's just what I think. That's scary. It doesn't matter what I think or you think. What matters is what the Word of God says. Because this is the holy, infallible, and errant Word of God. And in it is life and life everlasting. And in it is the words of life. And it will give forth conviction and it will give forth joy. But you've got to say, this is my basis of why I believe what I believe. The Word of God. Because if it's not, then have you ever made a mistake? So, so you say, yes, I've made mistakes, but you're saying my belief is based on me, an infallible man. But the Word of God, it don't make no mistakes. So this lady thought she could believe whatever she wanted, and when Jesus showed her the truth, she said, I want that. But he didn't stop there. He showed her her sin, and that's what the Holy Ghost does. He shows you your sin, and then you respond in faith. And all of a sudden, this lady, she went back into town, and she testified of what God had done for her. She told the whole town, and all of a sudden, this lady, this wayward woman, she led the whole town to Jesus. Isn't that amazing? Who is the kingpin that you know that lives here? And if God could save that one person, the whole town is going to be shook up. 
who's the kingpin? Because maybe that's where we need to start focusing our prayers. And, and if you don't know now, I'm sure Barry can give you a list down at the county. Because if he can get radically saved, man, the whole town says, say, what happened to him? But the traveler shows up, and he begins to whisper to us. You remember when Stephen was standing there in Acts chapter 7? And he began to testify. And the traveler, I believe, with all my heart, tried to divert his attention. I believe when Stephen was standing and preaching the word of God that the devil was whispering in his ear, this is going to be costly. You better shut up, old man. This is going to be expensive. You're not willing to pay the price. And as Peter, or as Stephen, as he preached, it, it says that the people there, they, they gnashed at their teeth. They hated him. And they picked up rocks and they began to stone him. And see, he was tempted by the traveler to, to, to say, oh, I don't need to say this. But he stood on the word of God and he listened to what God's voice was saying. He obeyed the Father and he turned a deaf ear to the traveler. Have you learned to turn a deaf ear to the devil? Because until you learn to turn a deaf ear to the devil, he's going to constantly be seducing you, trying to get you to think things through logically so that you can make decisions that are benefiting for you and looks like it's going to be good for your family, but you don't understand. You've got to stand on the Word of God. You've got to learn to turn a deaf ear. How do you turn a deaf ear to God? You live filled with the Holy Spirit of God. And yes, when you get saved, you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit in your life, but I believe in more than one feeling. I believe He can fill me every day, every moment of every day. I believe it comes again and again and again and again. I believe the Spirit of God fills my life at this moment as I will stand for truth in him but see tomorrow I need a fresh feeling of God in my life you live filled with the spirit of God you live filled with the spirit of God you live filled with the word of God and to be filled with the word of God you've got to be taking the word of God off the pages and hiding them in your heart you let the word of God saturate your soul and it says in James chapter 4 you submit yourself to God Resist the devil and he will flee from you. But you first have to submit yourself. You have to get everything that you are and every ambition that you have and you lay it on the altar of God and you say, God, I'm giving you everything. I submit my life to you. And you cannot control your emotions many times and you cannot control your circumstances many times and you definitely cannot control other people. But you can control the only thing is that you will seek God. And if you don't seek God, the traveler's going to have his way with you and he's going to play with you and he's going to string you along. Turning your Bibles over to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at these verses, just a few more verses, just a few more moments. In chapter 10, verse 3, it says, For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapon of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ, and having in a readiness to reverence all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. How do you prepare for battle? You remove everything in your life that keeps you from knowing God, and you nurture your relationship with Jesus Christ. You are men and women of prayer. You are men and women 
women on your face seeking God. You're a men and women of faith and you nurture that relationship and, and, and you, you remove anything in your life that, that hinders your walk with God. Then you take every thought captive by submitting to His will day in, day out, moment by moment. And what happens is as you submit to His will, He begins to transform your thinking, your thought process. That's what you are called to renew in Romans chapter 12, the renewing of your mind. You submit your mind to Him and you give Him control. And then in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, we demonstrate our love by God by obeying Him. We adjust our life, our lifestyle, our attitude unto God. You walk in obedience. And you get battle ready. Because the traveler's coming. And he may have been at your house today, I don't know. You remember over in Luke chapter 4 when Jesus went into the wilderness after he was baptized by John? Do you remember the story? He, he fasted for 40 days. He went without water. He went without food for 40 days. And when Christ was at his weakest, humanly speaking, that's when the devil showed up to tempt him. Do you realize what was taking place here? You see, 40 days of fasting, and the traveler shows up, and the devil starts saying to himself, I've got him now. I've got him at that weak moment. I've got him when he won't be able to hold on. And so Jesus, he dealt with the three temptations there as, as the devil came at him. And what was the first temptation? He said, you turn the stone to bread. He said, be relevant. I get so sick of hearing everybody talk about being relevant. You better be righteous. And I'm not supposed, saying that we're not supposed to respect others. But the Word of God was never intended to be relevant to our culture. And if your ministry is all about relevance, you better get back to what the Word of God says. Because Satan was coming at Jesus saying, you be the Messiah, you just don't go to the cross. You be a bread Messiah. But don't go to the cross. He came in at him the next time. He said, you bow down and worship me and I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world. He came in and said, you throw yourself off the temple and let the angels catch you. See, see, be a bread Messiah. Be relevant. Just be consumed with social ministries, but never share the gospel of Christ. We, one thing we've done in our churches is we would have once a year, twice a year, we would have a food distribution distribution in our community and we would buy a tractor trailer of groceries and we would take a day and we would bag out four to five bags for 300 families to come through and to get free groceries and take that home with them and to help them and what happened with this organization that we're working with they send a representative this last time that we did it to show up and I don't know I know she's there but I don't know the email that they just sent to the church because I've not read it yet and so we're sitting there getting ready to take out the groceries and I tell everybody I said guys we are not a humanitarian aid organization we are not about humanism doing good for goodness sake when you push that buggy of groceries out, you ask these people about the relationship with Jesus Christ. You ask them if they have been born again. And if they have been, you ask them if there's any prayer needs they have and that we could pray for them about. Because guys, it, yes, give food, clothes, share the gospel. I read the email later. It says, to receive foods from this organization, you're no longer allowed to proselytize. 
you can't pray with these people. You're just to give them the groceries and say, have a good day. We had to stop buying groceries. Because we can't abide by that stipulation. Because it's about the gospel. The gospel. It will change lives. And so the traveler comes along and he says, you be the Messiah, but just don't go to the cross. He says, you be the Messiah and, and, and tell everybody they can have it all. Tell them they can, they can have everything. They can have all the blessings and privileges that the world has and they can have Jesus too. Just bow down before Be an American dream Messiah. And guys, you can go all over town and find churches that preach you that. And then he said, you just go and you, you be a Messiah that just entertains everybody. Wow them with your dramas. Jump off that temple, let the angels catch you, and they'll just be so stunned. You be the Messiah. Just don't go to the cross. What did Jesus do? He stood on the word of God and he said, Thus saith the Lord. To have an effective ministry does not depend on us having an abundance of programs, but in understanding that the Lord will prosper what originates from His heart, not mine. What is God saying? And I have to yield to Him. And I say, God, you take my life, you take everything I am, and you use it for your glory. You have to have determination like Stephen and you set your face like Flint where you're going to live and serve the living Savior. Has the traveler passed by your way lately? Has he tried to seduce you away? Has he tried to confuse you? Any doubts that you've had in your life, in your mind that's come your way? Any deception you need to turn from? Any discontentment? Any deals you're trying to make? Any distractions in life? Is he trying to divert you from the truth of God's Word? That says, you don't have to live the cross style. Acts chapter 24, I'm closing. The traveler came to Felix. Remember Felix, he was the governor. Paul was in prison and Paul preached before Felix. And you know what Felix said after he heard the gospel? He said, I'm going to wait for a more convenient season. Is that what you're waiting for? A more convenient time? To give it all to Jesus, it'll never happen. Because the Bible says today is the day of salvation. The Bible says that you as a child of God, today we serve him in our generation. And we use all the resources that he supplies to us. But guys, we honor God and we stand on the truth of God's word. And we preach the gospel. Because that's the only hope. So bow your head and close your eyes for just a moment. And let me ask you a question. What's a traveler been doing in your life? Has he, has he come to you and, and told you, well, they just don't understand my situation. And you've 
compromised the Word of God. You've tried to make a deal. Man, the traveler, he gets up early, he checks his time card, and he looks at your address, he looks at my address, and he comes knocking on their doors. Why? Because he has one desire. He wants to kill your testimony. He wants to steal your joy. And he wants to destroy your life. But bless God, we've got a Savior who shed his life's blood on Calvary. And he said, I will forgive you your sin. I will wash you your sin. I will cover your sin. And when God looks down and he sees the blood of Christ on your life, he doesn't see your sin. Is there something you need to get under the blood tonight? Is there something you need to come and say, Lord, here it is. I'm laying it down. Are you saved? Do you know that you know that you know if you're to die tonight, you'd go to heaven? Altar's open. Father, we come before you this morning, this night. And I pray, God, that you teach us how to be sensitive to your spirit. And God, when the the hounds of hell are hot on our trail, God, we'll learn to yield to the Master's voice and we'll run and we'll flee to your presence. Father, I pray for those who are struggling with decisions, God, right now. I pray, God, for those who are waiting for a more convenient season, another time, God, that you would impress upon their spirit greatly that this is the only time that they have. Life is but a vapor. It's here for a moment and then it's gone. Father, I pray that you'll just help us, Lord, just to look to you and to be like Stephen. God, we'll be determined. And God, we will learn to turn a deaf ear to the devil and all his, his tongue. And teach us, God, day in, day out, how to live for your glory. Father, we love you. Thank you for all the blessings you've bestowed upon us. Thank you for this day, God. Thank you for working in our hearts. And God, I just pray, God, that you just continue even now to move in people's lives that they would respond and obey you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand together. What's God saying to your heart? Anything you need to lay down, anything the traveler's been seducing you with that you need to say, I I'm done. I've got to lay it on the altar. It's open. Obey God. Mike's here at the front. If you need to speak with him, he'll be available. Obey what God says.